everybody. How are you? All right? Well, dear, I've just got to get my Bible just around here. Um, now, today we're going to be talking... I don't know what to take first. Today we're going to be talking about stars, okay? It goes with our follow thing. That, um, you know, thinking about following, thinking about Christmas, and like stars, it goes with all of that. So... What we're going to do is we're going to have a little look at some facts about... Wow, isn't that amazing? Don't you think some of those facts are absolutely amazing about stars? And about when I, when I look at that and when I start to take in, like, the enormity of God, the enormity of, like, his creation and what he has created. This is some of the things that it says in the Bible about... God and his creation. It says this, Psalm 32, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. It says this in Psalm 147, he counts the number of stars. He calls, he gives names to all of them. Great is our God and abundant in strength. So when I think of the stars, and I look up to the stars, and they were shooting stars last night. Um, When you look up to the stars, I think, wow, God knows. He created every single one of those stars, billions and billions of stars and galaxies and and places that we've never even seen or travelled to. And our God made those things, those stars, the world he created Uh, He created uh, just the galaxies, and it just makes me feel just, wow, that is absolutely amazing, God. And sometimes how proud I can be and think that I know everything, or I know some things, or I know more than God. God who created the universe, and yet is so interested in us. And when I look at the stars, I think, wow, that is amazing. And then... I think about the star um, of Bethlehem. I think about the star, whether it was, they don't know if it was a comet or if it was a supernova or what kind of star it was, but the star that was declaring that Jesus was born, a new king was born, the saviour was born, and the astrologers, they looked and they'd been studying the stars, and when this star came, they thought, wow, this is significant, there is something that has happened, and there is a king that has been born, and they followed that star, they followed the star, and they found, uh, I don't know that they found exactly what they expected, kind of an ordinary little boy in an ordinary place and yet they followed that star that bright star that said something new is happening Jesus is born Jesus is king the savior of the world is here that star shone bright and uh, they say that it's recorded like in the Chinese uh, charts that that actually happened at that time at that season that there was uh, a very very bright star that came and uh, so we remember at this time of year we remember that star that shone brightly and do you know what there, what, what are the signs today that Jesus is king? What are the signs today? 
We, we don't have a star that's, that is above uh, this place or above England. What are the signs today that Jesus is King, that Jesus is born, that Jesus is Lord? The signs today are us. We're the signs. We're the signs that say, this is where the King lives. We're the signs that say, this is who Jesus is. We're the signs. Philippians puts it like this. It will come up here. Do everything without complaining or arguing. That's a good thing, isn't it? Let's do everything without complaining or arguing. So you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. That's what uh, it, we were called to do, shine like stars. In, um, in the message, it puts it like this, do everything readily and cheerfully, no bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night. And so we are the stars. We are called to be stars. We are called to shine bright in this place. We're called to be the people that are saying, Jesus is king, Jesus is born. That is what we are called to be. How do you become a star? Well, the thing is, you just are, aren't you? You just are us. You you can't you can't try and burn brighter. You just are. But one of the things that we need is like this set of lights here. It's just a, it's just a, you know, it's just a jumble, isn't it? Of light. It's not very attractive, is it? If I, I, you wouldn't put this in your house like this, would you? You wouldn't think, oh yeah, now that is beautiful. Let's put that on the Christmas tree like that. No, we we are all a little bit like this. And without that source, without that power, without getting plugged in to the source, we, when we do get plugged in, we become like the stars, like light, bring light. And so the main thing that we need to be doing is plugging in to God, getting stuck in, getting um, plugged into the source. He's our very source, the very person that we're... And then you can't help but shine bright. You can't help... You don't have to try and shine. It just... You just do because you're plugged in to the very source of light. I have been loving this story recently of Gideon. Um, Now, Gideon was born... I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus. And you can read his story in Judges uh, chapter 7. But Gideon, he was just a normal kind of bloke. And he was growing up in a country that had idols and they worshipped other gods. They worshipped Baal. They had poles that they would worship. They had, they had like, um, you know, gods made of brass and gods made of, of gold and they would worship those. And there was Gideon in the middle of this place growing up. Well, along came 
the angel of the Lord, right? And he said to Gideon, be bold, Gideon, mighty warrior. Gideon's like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm like the least in my family, the least in my neighbor. I don't know what you're talking about, angel of the Lord. But I am no mighty warrior. Let me tell you that. Well, the angel of the Lord disagreed. And he said, I want you to go and tear down all of the idols in your house and in your household and then go to the neighbourhood and do the same. Gideon needed a bit of convincing, I have to say. He was not certain that this was what God was saying to him at all. And God had to, well, there were some signs that convinced him of it. So in the end, He did do what the angel of the Lord said. And he went and he tore down the idols. He went at night, I have to say, and he tore down the idols that had been in his house held and in the neighborhood. And the morning came and the people were like, what's going on? Where's our idols gone? What's happening? Who's done this? And Gideon's like, they will say, it's Gideon. It's him. It wasn't us. It was him. And Gideon's like, well, if these gods are real, then they'll deal with me, won't they? And if, he's, if they're not, well, you know, then don't worry about it. So uh, Gideon kind of uh, it gets away with that. And then what happens is that the uh, angel, the, uh, the enemies of the Israelites, who Gideon is part of, they start to um, gather together. They're called the Midianites. They start to gather and they start to meet together to proclaim war against the Israelites in a little valley. And so they are gathering more and more people. And God says, Gideon, I want you to go and fight the Midianites. So Gideon thinks, all right, then I'll fight the Midianites. So he gathers this massive army, loads and loads of people. He gathers them all, loads of people. He says, right, God, we're ready. We're ready to go and fight the Midianites. And God says, well, you've got too many people. What do you mean we've got too many people? What do you mean we've got too many people? We haven't, how, how can you say that we've got too many? Well, with that many people, right, you're going to think that you won the war, Gideon, and not me. So you're going to have to get rid of a lot of these people because you're going to get too big for your boots if you win this war. So um, I want you to send home all of the men who are afraid. So half of them went. They left, said, yeah, we are afraid. We don't want to be part of this. And so Gideon comes before God and he says, look, I've got an army ready, God. We're all set. We're all going to go. And God says to him, no, no, you still got too many. Too many. If you win, if you defeat the Midianites with this amount of men, you're going to think it's all about you, Gideon. It's not all about you. It's all about me. And I want you to go down to the river and get the men to drink. And so they went down to the river and got the men to drink. And some of them drunk by uh, taking the water up to their their, uh, mouths. And some of them drunk by like going in there and lapping up the water. And he said, tell the ones who've gone in there, lapped up the water to go back. We don't need them. We'll just have the other guys. So... Gideon is left with 300 men, okay? Right, well, he thinks, well, it's not going to be about me then, is it? It's going to be about you, God. Only you can do this. And so what happens is they all go, uh, God instructs them, I want you to take a jar and I want you to put a, uh, un, I want you to put a torch, a light, 
under that jar and I want you to take a trumpet. And what had happened was he gave them a bit of help because he said, sneak down into the Midianites' camp and go and listen to what's happening. So two of them sneaked down into the Midianite camp, listened to what was going on, and they could see through the way that they were talking because they were having nightmares about the Israelites attacking them, and they knew that they were frightened. And so they went up, and they said they're frightened down there. So Gideon said, right, I want you to gather together. We're going to get a light, a torch that we place under a a clay jar and we're going to get trumpets and we're going to go up and we're going to surround the valley and so they went up 300 of them and they surrounded the valley and uh, then Gideon said what I'm going to do is when I give the command we're going to shout a sword for the Lord and for Gideon and then we're going to break open the jars and we're going to blow the trumpets loudly And so that's exactly what they did. They stood at the top of this valley with the enemy below, the Midianites below. And they broke open their jars and the light came out and they sounded their trumpets and they shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And without any fighting, without anything without anything other than what they had just done, other than made a sound and shone their light bright, the enemy ran. It was so afraid. The Midianites got up, they started killing each other. They were so afraid, they ran. And they just got out of that place as fast as they could. And the enemy was defeated. By breaking open their jars and shining their light, And by making a sound, the enemy was defeated. And God has been speaking to me so much through this story. First thing I want to say is that we can look at this story and think, oh, Gideon with his with all those idols. Like, we don't have idols like that. We don't have gold figures and we don't have silver things. We don't bow down to things. What a crazy idea. What a silly thing to do. They did that they did back then. But I want to tell you, we have as many idols today as they did back then. If not more so. We have so many idols that we... I would think an idol is anything that we put in the place of God. Anything. That could be your fear. That could be your health. That could be anything that we put in the place of God. Worshipping God is giving him our attention. It's giving him our thought life and our heart. That's what worshipping God is. It's it's thinking about who God is and worshipping him. When we worship something else, we give that our attention. We give that power in our lives. We give that power in our thinking. We give that power in our hearts. And so many of us have so many idols. I know that I, when I've been looking at this, I've thought, Becca, what are the idols that God is, te- is asking you to tear down in your household and in your neighbourhood? Uh, sometimes our children, we are called to love and sacrifice for our children, but they are not to become our idols. They're not to become in place of God. Our marriages, our relationships, They are not to become in the place of God. We cannot make them our idols. One of the things that I think is really, really important right now, and I've been thinking so much about it, is Christmas. Christmas can become an idol. It can become an idol. It's definitely an idol in our society. 
And it can become an idol for us. Do you know what? Christmas, uh, the more I hear about it, it's like everyone's busy, everyone's crazy, it's all mad, everyone feels overwhelmed, everyone feels stressed. Do you really think that Jesus came to make you feel stressed, overwhelmed and totally out of your, you know, out of peace and out of sync with him? Do you really think that that's what Christmas is all about? And sometimes I think that you're just surrounded by, like, everybody's going crazy and it's all, and, and it's all about perfect perfection and having this perfect Christmas. It's not all about that. It's all about Jesus and how Jesus comes into our imperfect and into our imperfect families, dare I say that, at Christmas time. We're not perfect. It's never going to be like that. We're not going to have this perfect dinner and perfect life. If you're striving for that, just forget about it. It's not going to happen, is it? Like gravy gets spilt on the floor and the children cry and that's what happens. But we want Jesus in the middle of our day, in the middle of our family, in the middle of our thinking, in the middle of our hearts, in the middle of what we do every day. Don't be overwhelmed with Christmas. Be overwhelmed with Jesus. Why be overwhelmed with those things? So I ask you to lay down your idols as as families, lay down your idols. Maybe that's your health. Maybe you think ever such a lot about your health. Lay it down. Submit it to God. He is the king. Lay down your children. Lay down your Christmas. Lay down your ideals. Lay down your things that, you're, that you have placed in front of God and make sure that he is God. And then what happens to Gideon? What happens to him? He says, get your army together. And the first thing is, don't let it be about how many people you're going to get. Let it be about God is going to do something amazing. God is the king. God is the ruler. God defeats the enemy, not us. We don't do that. It's God. And so he gathered together those people. And, And the light shines brighter when you're together, doesn't it? The light shines brighter. And how did they defeat the enemy? They defeated the enemy with light and with sound. Not a sword in sight, but light and sound. They made a noise. They, they made a noise that attracted heaven and they, they broke open light. And I feel the same, that we are called in this community. We, we can sometimes think, wow, isn't it a hard community to, be, to see the light of God come into? And I think that repentance is when we change our minds. And I think that maybe God is saying, do you know what? This community isn't hard to reach at all change your mind on it because they they had to change their minds on it do you see what they had to they thought the Midianites were bigger right and God said the Midianites aren't bigger don't be silly in fact you can defeat them with 300 of you and a little torch and a and a trumpet change your mind on what the enemy looks like change your mind repent that's what repent means it means that we change our mind so instead of going into this place into this community into this world thinking wow we're small and the enemy is big change your mind it's little and God God, do you know what I think people are so wanting God in their lives they just don't know where to go they don't know how to find it don't be afraid go and bring your light go and bring the sound of heaven uh, wherever you go and so today 
Uh, I love this C.S. Lewis quote. I was thinking, when thinking about... Um, when thinking about the idols that we have, it says, keep back nothing. Nothing that you have given away will be really yours. Nothing that has not died will be raised from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find the long, hard, in the long run, only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ and you will find him with everything else thrown in. And so that's what we're going to do over this time. May you bring light to wherever you go. May you be plugged into the source. And I pray that over this Christmas time that you will find time to plug into that source. That's what, that's what this celebration is about. It's about Jesus. It's about plugging in. It's, do you know what? It's not about getting totally exhausted. It's about getting totally refreshed. It's not getting a totally fraught and stressed. It's about plugging in to the source of our life and our hope and seeing that in everything that we do. So may you bring light wherever you go this Christmas. Just like the stars in the sky, just like he says in Philippians, be stars that shine bright. May you bring that hope and that light. I'm going to read one last thing because it's brilliant. And that is from Matthew, Matthew uh, 6. It says this. Maybe we can stand up together as we read this and the band can come on up. But it says this, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Here's another way to put it. You're here to bring light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there, on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we commit to you our time, our energy, our hearts, our thinking. We commit to you, God, our lives right now. And I pray, Father, that we would plug into the source of our lives, that we would be plugged in, that that our stars make no effort to shine. But I pray that we would shine, God, with your goodness in our families, in our town, in our country. May we shine with all that you have given to us, Father. We thank you that you are the creator of everything. You created the stars. You know them by name. You created the thousands and millions and billions of stars. And we thank you, God, that you are creator over all. And we proclaim you as Lord today. Amen.